Hello there and welcome to this very exciting episode of the Ins and Outs with Polly and Jojo. This week we are sponsored by the very lovely Capietra. And when I say lovely, I really do mean lovely. My absolute go-to for their stunning terracotta in so many different shapes and sizes and forms. That is my go-to product. You know how much I love a limestone and I am very much feeling the Hamlet limestone and particularly the cobble. The tumbled and etched cobble is an absolute beauty and I would use that to break up a big expanse of paving. Absolutely scrumptious. Mm, soft and delicious. Mm-hmm. Go and check them out. On today's show, I'm going to be sharing some top tips on cafe curtains and window dressings. Outdoor lighting do's and don'ts, window boxes, hanging baskets, rose varieties, Polly's mini egg obsession takes a positive turn, and of course, what is in and out this week. Hello, you old sauce bag. How are you doing? I'm good, my love. How are you today? (laughs) I'm good. What's news on your front? Well, it's a very exciting time here, actually, because I am practicing what I preach. We've just, we, I... Um, I have just put my build out to tender for the house, which is very exciting. So I hope that will start soon. But what I am doing, which is what everyone should do, is I am designing the garden so that I have all the answers ready for when it's built. So it's been really fun. Myself and all the team, actually, we've all had a go at designing it and sort of come up with something fabulous as a result of having all of that input, which is what happens with all of our projects. Is it the same as when you design your own house that you find it harder when it's your garden? I have found this the most agonisingly difficult experience. I can design a client's garden very easily. I can even walk in and I know what's happening in the space. I can just see it. It just makes sense to me. Yeah, My own. I am an appalling client because I've got a sort of suburban sized garden. And yet, obviously, I want everything in it. Greenhouse, growing spaces, space for small humans to kick footballs, much against my will but you know I feel like you literally just moved in and you're suddenly you're designing it and you've kind of done all these things I'm so far behind I I just cannot find the time I'm so honestly I cannot find the time to design my own house it is the way I'm built my friend impatience is my middle name I mean we had the house drawn up as soon as I exchanged on contracts to be fair it it needs a hell of a lot of work and it's not something I wouldn't would want to live in long term it doesn't work Mm. for modern life at all so it's not so much impatience as necessity you've seen my boiler I have seen your boiler babes (laughs) I am leaning very much on my team to help with the design of my home when it comes to and I'm very much leaning on you when it comes to designing my garden Um, what's that thing I needed to get I didn't get it did I you told me to get a TPO you tree need, protection. No, I did not tell you to get a TPO. No, that's a tree protection I order. A T, a T, no, hold on. Don't a let me, let me tell you. Oh, I was going to let I was going to say it. <laughs> I was going to say it. <laughs> oh, you're such a... Do you, you not have topo surveys for the house? Like, I guess it wouldn't be called a topo survey. It's not the same thing as a survey. But you oh, don't right. necessarily don't necessarily need a survey if you've got floor plans. And you're 100% we do that need one for a garden. Dear listeners, a topographical survey is when... A very kindly person comes with clever lasers that I don't understand and measures your garden to scale, including all of the levels and where your utilities are, like your drains and, and whatnot. But it's that is what we design off. 
Unless you have a very small garden, which you can measure yourself. What about this very flat garden? Um, it doesn't, it's more, if you had a small urban garden that you could measure with a tape measure, great. You probably don't need a topo, although it can still be useful because even the flattest gardens aren't actually flat. Mm. Okay. So, well, yes. there you go. So that's a very exciting so time. Good on so you. designing the garden. Yeah. I've already tagged a few trees. I went to one of my favourite nurseries, Creepers, and uh, tagged a few trees because um, they sell out to do, mm. do the good trees. And also... The most exciting news is this, which you can't see. Oh, it's the one kg bag. <laughs> it's the one kg bag of mini eggs. I found eggs. a kilo bag of mini eggs. Did you see? I put on my, I put, I put on my Instagram, I think a couple of days ago, <laughs> the small bags that you get are not big enough to not warrant eating enough. But when you eat that size bag, you feel a bit sick. A bit really, sick. It's, for two, it's for two people. It's not small, but it's not big. I know it's, it's just, somewhere in the middle, isn't it's it? It's sort of a bit of a, yeah. And you end up eating well, the entire bag and I feel sick Well, I just bought the kilo chip. bag and I'm going to have to ration myself. <laughs> oh my God. I would have to hide those from myself. I'd have it's to really scatter around the house. Do like an egg hunt around the, the house. Easter egg hunt for yourself. For yourself. Like squirreling around the house at midnight. Just like, oh. where did I put that chocolate? <laughs> Snuffling <laughs> like a truffle pig. <laughs> just burying them around every time you move a bit of furniture you're like oh um no lots That's of people me. did message me to say did you find the one kg bag and i'm like i don't need to find the one kg bag no i do oh i'm doing something i am doing a squat challenge at the moment tell me more <laughs> it's this five part daily challenge okay where you squat right and then you do these sort of hammer jacks sort of on your all fours Kick your leg sorry, up in the sorry, air. Sorry, hammer jack. Twenty. I don't know. I don't know what it's called that. And then you do these sideways with it, like that one. Hold on, hold on. Rewind, rewind. So you do a squat, so and squat, then squat. So you start squat off doing down. sixteen squats. Then you do sixteen of these on all fours. You kick your leg behind you with a point, and then you really. So you're on your hands and knees, and you then you old and then you do. I think it's called the fire hydrant where your leg goes out to the side you do like a dog pissing on a fire like hydrant a dog, like a dog pissing on it multiple times love it um and then pumping. you do yeah pumping okay. pumping pumping action then tother the leg then, i presume and then tother leg tother leg and love then it. you get on all fours and then you put your back leg out behind you straight but keep your foot like like that like that and yeah then you i get pump, you pump them up in the air 16 times pump 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 this and is then, operation big booty isn't it this I is just, all sounding it's not like... big booty i just don't want a flat ass i've got a flat, flat ass. ass i've got a, it's a flatter flat and the more i sit in the car on it which is all i spend <laughs> my time doing the flatter it's becoming so my i have a little mission anyway so you build up every day you go from oh and then you do the, the bridge you know when you're on your back and you lunge up your ass okay up in the yeah air, the hips yeah. Hip how many times a day are we doing this once just once, but you start with 16 and then the next day 17, next day 18, next day 19, next day 20, and you build up and you do it more and more and more and more and more. So next time you see me, I want to, I want to be resting your glass on it, my love. That would be Just, easier on a flat one, wouldn't it? No, because I'm standing up, aren't I? Like oh, like Kim Kardashian like a, with the bottle. Boop, like a like, butt shelf. Like a shelf. Yeah. Oh. yeah, I mean, it's a really fucking stupid challenge, but you know what? Who gives a shit? I'm going to give it a go and see if it works. And if it does, I'll let you guys know and I'll share it. Get I'll it. share my squat challenge. Tell me what's happening in the garden this week. What's happening in the garden? Is there anything happening in the garden? It's a bit mulchy out there. The, it's This is the weirdest time of year I find for the garden because it's actually everything looks a bit crap now. And uh, we're starting the old cutback of all of the mm. ornamental grasses and all of the perennials that you might have left over winter for for the insects and just for a bit of interest so that cutback is happening which means it is probably the most dull time in the garden in terms of things to look at mm. however still a busy time we've talked about it before mulching now's a great time to start mulching um, i still haven't any... cut back my um i still haven't cut back my watching my jobbies 
my wisteria. I can see it all wangling. wangling You've got the around. whole of February, but get to it. If it's if it's wangling, then you didn't do it in the summer either, did you? Do you know what? I've got my 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 dad's coming to stay this weekend, and he loves being out in the garden. He just loves mooching around in the garden. Get him me, on that so. job then. Yeah, I mean, he's a bit old. I'm not going to have him up the ladder, but he can be telling me what to do. And he's good like that. He's great. So get oh, the wisteria prune. Get your roses prune. It's also the window for ordering bare root plants. Oh, yes, closing. Yeah. Okay. So it's a good time if you want any new trees or shrubs or hedges. Now's the time to be ordering and getting them in the ground. We're in a little bit of a race against time now. And actually, it's a busy old time for us in the studio because this is a time when we're tagging loads of trees. So when we do a a design, we'll always go out and and find the perfect trees. It's not a case of just hopping online and choosing one. You need to go and choose them because. So when you tag it, you literally put your little stick around it and say, Polly Polly was here. Polly's. Mitts off. It's mine. (laughs) Sold. Sold. And the, the biggest thing, the most scandalous thing that could happen is if someone takes said tag off. Most people don't <gasps> do it, but it, it has happened in the past. That's very naughty. Well, I know, but if it's a really beautiful tree, you can understand it. But but it is, it is frowned upon and it's not something I endorse. I would never do but it. But do they not, when you tag it, sorry, stupid question. So you're in there and you see it and you're like, that's mine. Tag it with your yeah. name on. Do you pay yeah. for it there, then and there? No. Risky business, this tree stuff. You reserve it and it's reserved on the system. And then you pay for it when it's um, shipped out, usually. But it depends on the nursery, it changes. But it's, um, it's a really, really busy time because we choose all of those trees. Because the trees mm. are essentially the sculpture of the garden. They're really important. And it's not something you can just go, oh, I'll just take a, just take a Cretaceous, thanks. You want to go and see it, make sure that the, the stems are beautiful and not crossing and not gnarly and crap. Like, it needs to be a really beautiful form because they're really important. So we're out and about. Can you take me to a tree nursery? Is that what it's called? A tree yes. nursery? Yes, can Gladly. you take me one day? We'll go for a little tree tagging trip. I'd love that, just to see, you can test me on what I think is a nice looking tree and just say, and then teach me the, teach me the ropes. Oh, I'd love oh, that. Yeah. Okay. We can do that. That'd be lovely. Bring your bloodstones. You need oh, a robust got... pair of shoes. Yeah, my, oh, I love And a, a warm coat. Any developments with the house? Oh, yes. We have definitely decided that we're going to do the garage, but we're going to do it at the end of the summer so I've what got going to time to, to sort of get planning we're actually going to turn the ground floor into a sort of Pilates room I say I should have put gym first but I'm going to go with Pilates room because I'm sure. designing it so sort of Pilates I really want to get a reformer machine oh, um, me too. I really 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 miss reformer and I need it in my life so I'm going to make the whole ground floor a really cool gym and Pilates studio and just like a zen studio somewhere I can go and you know, meditate and chill out. And then upstairs, Lovely. I think we're going to do, turn it into a little bedroom ensuite with a with a desk somewhere to go and work in peace and look out the window at the fields. Can yonder. that be my room, much like Joey's room in Friends? That could yes, be you mine. can come and stay. That can be Polly's room. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love that. Um, uh, oh, I so nearly asked a question, but I can't yet. I have to wait and see about you that. You have to wait and see um, on that one. Yes, so that's that. And uh, what else am I doing? I'm looking for a house sign. I'm looking for a really decent house sign because no one can find us. Um, so anyone out there that knows really good house sign companies, like a, that's very boring. As in for but, the approach to your house, uh, here is... Yeah, everyone know, just goes straight past it and up the hill and then we get a call like, yeah, I'm outside, uh, there's a tree, I can see a tree and there's a field. Uh, and I'm like, I don't know where you are, mate. I do you don't want it know to where be, you are. It would be quite nice if it was wooden or do you, yeah, are you wooden. thinking I'm thinking yeah. wooden. I can hook you up, my friend. Can it's you? almost as if you nasty. needed to know someone that oh my works God, I don't know design outdoors, nasty. isn't it? <laughs> yes, thank you, Val. That wasn't a hint, but thanks. Okay. Speaking um, of house signs, mm. my house 
is mm. named. I can't obviously say it's what it is. It's a very, 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 very fine house. I don't know the words, but I know the song. Is it Three Cats in the Yard? Three Cats in the Yard House. No. It's a very, 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 It's not a very fine house yet. It will be. It will be. But the name of it is a hybrid of the two people that lived there first. Oh. And they're not great names. Oh. I don't like it. And I was thinking of changing it. So I'm agonising over... um. Sort of botanical names. It's really hard landing on a house name. I didn't know you were allowed to change house names. You can change your house name. Is it not supposed to be terribly bad luck? Isn't that boats? Well, why is it? No. Not a, no? If a boat oh. doesn't have a name, it's bad luck, isn't it? Is it bad luck to change the name of the house? I thought so. I'm going to oh. look it up. I mean, who knows? Is it bad luck to drop a mirror? It depends if you're superstitious. Do you know something I did, which um, a brilliant, brilliant <clears throat> fellow designer did for me when I was selling oh. my house and it wouldn't sell well, after the divorce. We, well, during the divorce, we were selling the house. And um, to be honest, it sold very quickly. But I'm, you know, we talked about the impatience earlier. She gave me a little statue of St. Joseph. And she said, bury this in your front garden facing out. Oh, and your house will sell. If you ask it to sell, it will sell. So I did so. She was very kindly, gave me this little statue. She'd used it for hers and her house sold. And then she gave it to me, which I just think is the kindest thing ever. So I went into the garden and I buried this St. Joseph and I faced him out. And I said, please, can we sell our house? And um, my my neighbours must have thought I was nuts because you're meant to ask it sort of every time you walk past. So I did. Um, And it sold within like two weeks of me putting it. And then I left it there until it sold. And then I dug it up. And what you do is you take it to your new house and you bury it facing your house. And facing its house is kind of like your home. And it's saying your home. And so oh, I, I actually haven't buried it here yet because I'm worried it's going to get dug up during the build. Um, and then that's, that's how superstition starts because it's like wearing a pair of pants to a football match. And I know, went, it's funny, isn't it? But there was something about it I found very comforting. Oh, and that's just really very lovely. generous. And I, I just thought so it was... Love that. It was very special. So thank you, I, Sophie. I are you t- are you starting to turn a little bit woo-woo out there, Paul? Absolutely not. No. Are you? Yeah. I, I, I think I, yeah, I've got some woo in me. I've got one woo, not two. I'm going to pull the woo woo right out of you. Oh, stop it. I love Go it. On, then. I love the woo woo stuff so much. I'm so into yeah, it. I know you're more woo woo than me. And, oh, I can feel it. Do you not, do you not, get a, do you not feel it from, you know, when you meet someone and you instantly feel it's, that's energy. It's like a, Bad vibes. About energy and good vibes. vibes. Yeah, good vibes, bad vibes. Definitely get that. Can we now move on to the Ins and Outs book club? All right, I've got a book for you. It's called Wolfpack. Mm. And it's one of the most brilliant books I have read. It's about sort of female empowerment. It's by Abby Wambach, who um, she was a Olympic gold medalist. It's not a long, thick book. I mean, you could get through it in one sitting. It's absolutely brilliant. And I just think it's empowering for young girls. It's almost saying, don't, who are you putting makeup on for? Why do you wear makeup? Why do you feel the need to put that dress on? Are you doing it for yourself? Or are you doing it for, for men? For the men's. Because mm. actually it sort of says about when you're at a female all girls school, girls sit around in their pajamas with no makeup on and their hair up on the top of their head and they don't care. And they just sort of, you know, they're just themselves. And as soon as yeah. they know that they're going to meet boys, we feel the need to put, you know, our faces on and do our hair and act a certain way and behave a certain way. She's mm. a, She's gay. Uh, Abby and does she cut her hair short and she wore a suit to this you know, these Grammy Awards or whatever it was and she went through this sort of dilemma of should I be wearing a dress because I'm a girl and all these thoughts that we have that we have to you know now in the this day and age 
we need to teach and encourage our kids to be what they want to be and so it's it's very 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 good and i would highly recommend it wolf pack okay add that to the download list okay should we do some questions so first we have an any question from danny hello absolutely love the podcast glad to hear it my living room and bedroom windows are really big north facing and look onto the road and to neighbours what would you do to keep the room bright but create privacy do cafe curtains work on such a large window I would have to see, hi Danny, I would have to see a picture of the window, but if I'm imagining it that they're sort of, I'm going to imagine in my mind that they're big. Let's go big and wide. Big sash, maybe big sash windows, uh, but they're north facing. So the room is going to feel quite dark anyway, which Mm. means that you're going to get very cool light, um, if any at all. So we need to brighten that up and make it feel warmer in this room. So cafe curtains, depending on where you're, sash line again I'm I'm, quest- I'm questioning with a sash I'm not sure I'd, sorry I didn't have an image but cafe curtains want to sit proportionately to your window so if you've got you know it would look odd if one fifth of the window is cafe curtains and the top four fifths was just window it would look a, they'd look a bit short so right if they're enormous you don't really want long cafe curtains at half height that would look wrong it would look wrong but you could do it as sort of a third but it very much depends where the frame of your window sits so imagine if, if you've got lots Because you of, run presumably the pole in line with the frame. You, you do, exactly. Yeah. So that's sort of slightly taking a view on that. But I would say what you need to do, and I know you want to maximise light, but because it's north facing, you're not really going to get a lot of light anyway. And therefore, mm. if anything, I would actually use Roman blinds, curtains to actually help brighten and war- and add warmth what window dressings hang will on, do is hang on hang on roman mm. blinds this one always blows my mind which one's a roman roman is the one that sits it's it's straight it folds up so you pull it with a chain or a you string you pull the string and, and it, it pulls it, up and up and up and it and it, sort of it, pleats it creates up a sort of yes exactly it creates folds and it sits up either inside the recess or it sits mm-hmm. just above and outside the recess gotcha though roman blinds can also come in different forms so they can be lined and blackout and therefore they'll be solid so when you pull it down you have complete blackout lined will also give a level of um you know but she wants privacy pal exactly so what i was going to say thank you uh, <laughs> what i was going to say is that <laughs> keep you honest roman blind you can there's different types of roman blinds you can have something called a sail blind which is essentially oh. a very floppy roman or yeah. a london it's called a lo- floppy or it's called a, or a london blind so essentially what it is is it doesn't have a stiff bottom doesn't stop it (laughs) i know it's not stiffy so it means that it's floppy so you can use a really nice soft linen lovely so it's sort of waggly it's sort of droopy wag it's droopy it's floppy i got it it's floppy and and it means that it's you're trying to create softness and warmth in a room so it can just feel if you have something that's a lovely sort of sheer linen or a just a sheer a lovely sheer fabric it will still let any light through, but it will just add that bit of warmth and texture and personality to the windows that a, a north-facing room needs. Would your advice be that that dangles all the way down to the bottom and stays there in terms of privacy? Yes, exactly. So when you pull it down, it will just be a lovely sheer, it'll just be sheer so you can see. And it's, still... always, it's always down more or less? No, then you can pull it back up and it can sort of sit a third of the way up. But then, uh, then as well as that, then you have your little yeah. cafe curtain. But cafe curtain, okay. a cafe curtain on its own 
without mm. something on a very high window at the, at the high level is going to look imbalanced. So you want to create balance. I follow. In, in anything. So when you're looking at a window, you can still put curtains on there as well. But you, if you're going to have something on, a, on the lower half, you really need something on the top half as well to create balance. So if you're going to have those lovely little sheer cafe curtains at the lower gotcha. half. Yes. Or the lower third. Then Love on it. the top, very top, you need to have something like a sort of floppy sheer roman blind and it will just add that real level of softness right well let's keep it windows let's keep it indoors and let's keep it windows so i've got something from charlotte desperate help needed for window dressing again we have just moved into our new home which has a wonderful double heighted atrium letting in loads of south facing light we lucky thing how nice Mm. however now we're in we're starting to consider privacy and also how we might want to limit some of the heat in the hottest summer days custom blinds feel like the only option but i want it to feel cohesive please help me love the podcast so this is the complete complete opposite of the danny's question yeah where you've got south facing light you've essentially got the sun's rays coming into your house lovely and with those sun's rays they can be harmful to any fabric so Mm. this is where these sort of commercial style blinds are brilliant because they are not going to get frazzled by the sunshine that light that's going to come into that atrium is going to be very warm it's going to heat up that room like a conservatory um, and it will be pretty unbearable to be around so I think you have to sometimes go practicality over appearance in rooms where you have some south facing light the other thing that's such a consideration is where you put your furniture because that sun as soon as it hits it's going to fade, right? fade so in that atrium you're you're going to have to go with fabrics that are very light like oatmeals and things so oh I, I think you've yeah i'm afraid you've got to think practically here because any fabric that you use unless it's a sort of anything like a sort of sheer eventually it's going to sort of start it's going to fade it can burn I mean and don't use silks in a room that's south facing with the sun beams in it, it can actually burn would you do curtains or would you be doing blinds well so curtains so what, what did she say sorry Paul say again what was the window like she it was an atrium it's an it atrium a window heighted atrium yeah so um double heighted atrium letting in loads of south facing light we think it needs custom blinds well, yeah, custom blinds feel I wouldn't like the only cu- option. Yeah, it, I, I think custom blinds is the only option, I'm afraid. Really? Yeah. Over and I think, yes, and I, I would also say in that space, um, use the furnishings to help soften it. But I would say on a hot summer's day, you obviously have the blinds open when you're, you're there. But when you're not there and you're going out, make sure you put those blinds down to protect everything in the room and keep the heat mm. out. Otherwise, you're going to get home after a long day and you're, you're furniture is going to have got a blasting and also even the wood flooring if you've got wood flooring it's going to bleach. that's going to it's going to bleach all these things just think about sunshine think about what it does just skin one for you uh this is from an outie lucy is asking a dummy's guide to outdoor lighting please polly mm. that's what it says but dummy's guide to outdoor lighting whenever we're lighting a garden our two key principles are wayfinding and features so our goal in the garden is to number one allow you to move around it when it's dark. So wayfinding, as in we're going to put lighting on pathways. So what I prefer to do is a downward facing light, usually on a pole that you'd sort of recess within to the border, which sprays, sprays? Casts, cast light along the pathway. And you can do them quite far apart, but it's to show where you can go. Equally, on any steps, we're going to put a step light either recessed into the step and casting that light across the step, or if the light, if the step is surrounded by, say, a wall on both sides, we might recess the light into the wall. But either way, we're trying to show people where they're going to trip over. So 
steps, pathways, equally things like front doors. We always like to put lighting either side of a front door or driveways either side of any kind of gates or things you're going to crash into. So that's your wayfinding light. That is the most important light in your garden. And with lighting, we always put it on different circuits so that your wayfinding lights are separate to your feature lights. Uh, Your feature lights are there to essentially eliminate the black mirror. So we spend so much of time in this country looking out onto darkness. I mean, it gets dark at four o'clock at the moment. It's very depressing. And it can feel very oppressive if you don't close your curtains. So what we like to do is pick out the key features in your garden, such as a really beautiful multi-stem, or maybe it's an ancient old tree, or maybe you're very lucky and you've got a nice piece of sculpture. And we like to uplight those and very gently, um, but sort of cast that light on it. So if you've got a stunning multi-stem and you uplight it, it shows all the shadows of, and it's instantly, it's like outdoor sculpture. So, and we don't light up gardens like Heathrow. I find less is more and it's better just to choose those really special pieces rather than shoving loads and loads of uh, pole lights into every single border and it being ablaze. I just think that's not necessary. It's not ecologically friendly. Um, And it's more about just bringing the garden into the house, even at nighttime, so that it feels less of a black mirror. And as soon as you put lights in your garden, it adds a depth to your house when you're in it and you see the garden. For one thing, I think it feels a lot more inviting and a lot less oppressive because there's something that really freaks me out about just having this sort of black abyss. Uh, but if by putting them on the different circuits, you can just have the feature lights on as opposed to the wayfinding lights. You don't need your path lights on if you're not outside. Mm. So that's how we tend to approach it. And in mind all the time at the moment as well, you know, sustainability is really big for us, but also wildlife is just as important. That was actually going to be one of my questions about wildlife and about how much light is is too much light. Because aren't there some areas where you're actually not? We worked on a project together, didn't we? Where bats Dark skies. and things. Yeah. And, and, and you have to, and especially if you're by the sea, actually, isn't it? You, you can't have a house that's lit up like, you know, um, like a Christmas illuminations tree. Because it's something to do with the ships and the boats and um but wildlife bats you can't have too much light can you in some areas we try and limit it anyway because from a wildlife perspective they need darkness they don't need it to be all lit up so wherever possible we do try to keep as much lighting downward facing which is much friendlier to wildlife mm-hmm. as opposed to anything that's cast up in the sky so again and that we probably will, will limit- look nicer at night anyway when you look outside I mean, it's sometimes nice to uplight the odd tree or a, a sculpture or things but equally you know wildlife comes first so it's it's a case of having that downward facing light, keeping it mm. to a minimum as well, which I've already said, but also um, having it all on timers so that it's not on, not on all night. It shouldn't be on all night. It should be turning off. I don't know when you go to bed, 10 o'clock or whatever, or, or as soon as you don't need it anymore, turn it off. Mm. Um, but lighting is actually very expensive. It's something that people get really shocked by when, when quotes come in. So we just think just be really judicious with it, wayfinding and features. Amazing. And always a warm light. I shouldn't even need to say this by now. We've talked about it so much. A nice warm light, warm no light. cold light. Um, my question was to add to that is when you, so say you already have your garden and it's all laid out and mm-hmm. and it's great, but there's absolutely zero lighting. Would your suggestion be to get some lighting, sort of wired lighting that you can sort of bring into the house? Because presumably if you haven't planned it and you suddenly you want to add it, it's probably much more expensive. Like, do you run it under beds or do you, would you just go with solar lighting, all this stuff that you, because solar lights are quite good now, aren't they? Or would you I find would you solar actually... lights to be completely pointless. I'm yet to find oh, one you? that I'm impressed with. Please oh, right. send me recommendations if you come across one. But our country isn't sunny enough. Um, I had a south-facing garden and bought some solar lights. They weren't very expensive. This was 
good five years ago, 10 years ago. Um, they were crap. They were great in the summer. They were crap the rest of the year. Maybe so, that's a mission. Anyone send in some really good solar lights? Because I would actually love to have some in my garden. Yeah, I welcome any solar. We we are yet to find any that we've been pleased enough with. Great. And actually, from an interior perspective, when we branch out into the garden a little bit where you've got only your sort of soft furnishings like your sort of seating area or your dining table I would encourage people to bring candlelight outside like on Mm. the table so if you've got those lovely low level lighting and then you've got your trees being lit up which is stunning I think then almost like little hanging candles and candelabras that you have in the garden looks beautiful actually in the summer yeah and do you know what I really love actually which are they're relatively new is the rechargeable lights by Pookie they're amazing you recharge them then take them outside put them down a dining table I think they're magical and then you can bring them inside them too so those the the Pookie outdoor lights that you can put on a dining table are a brilliant investment I've not bought any yet for myself but I really want some there are some brilliant uh, rechargeable little table lamps now that have these Mm. really pretty little shades and things like the Pookie ones but yeah great yeah absolutely okay uh next one Oh, have we got a stupid question? The stupid question for you this week, Paul, is uh, by no name. Can I ask, please, can you plant two different types of David Austin shrub roses, say a red and a white rose, in the same pot? It may be a really stupid question, but I keep reading one plant will eat the other one and will not grow. Please tell me this isn't true. Embarrassed will, face. He will eat, eat each other. One. I think the red would win that fight. Actually, it's a really good question, though, because would you, with a rose, because they grow like wildfire don't they would you put them in the same pot well my biggest question is how big's the pot okay let's say it's really let's say it's a big pot a massive great pot i mean you can plant all sorts of things together if you've got a massive pot but if you've got something which is your typical i don't know 30 or 40 centimeters you can plant one rose in it it won't be very happy for very long so i mean i don't put roses in pots very often can you plant this plant the same variety of rose in the same pot in a different colour, for instance? Well, my answer is it, yes, if the pot is big enough. But I mean, so for me, with roses in pots, first of all, I wouldn't go putting a rambling rose in a pot. It will not be happy. It will outgrow its space. I like it when there's, say, three of the same rose in a pot, but it needs to be really generous. And the reason is, like, plants roses in particular they're a hungry old plant they need a lot of feeding so you need it would need to be a really generous pot to to allow you to have enough compost to give it enough food so it can look stunning if you've got say I personally don't like mixing and matching cultivars in a pot of roses if I was doing a really beautiful stunning rose display in a pot big pot it would be three of the same it wouldn't be two different ones I think that will look very awkward and I would very much you know yeah. how I feel about the twos at the best the twos. of times. Two of the same would look a bit weird. Two different ones, no. I have a stupid interior question. It's not, a, it's not stupid. Do Hit we need me. to keep caveating that? My not stupid question about the interiors is, should I put a rug under my dining table? And that is from C. It, I love this question. Thank you, C. I love this question. Oh, I don't know the answer because if you drop food on it. Yeah, because I scratch my head over this. It, it very, 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 very much depends on, on you and how you live, how many children you've got, how old your children are, on the types of dining chairs you've got. You know, you, want, you don't want to go and put like a Berber rug under a dining table. That would just be Absolutely catastrophic. Trying to pick the fish fingers out of that. Squid, squidged baked bean <laughs> out of a... Um, yeah. Bolognese. So, Absolutely not. So it very much depends on the rug. So I'd say if you've got babies, very small children... No, unless you want to put a big mat, like a feeding mat down under your high chair um, and then take it away when you've got friends over. Because uh, 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 rugs, as I always say, it, 
Rugs create zones. They're the mm. number one way to create zones. So if you've got a massive open plan kitchen um, and you've got your dining table just floating in the middle of a wooden floor or on the, or a, even a tiled floor so it can feel quite cold, the best way to warm it up and create a little zone around your table and to make it feel like a little area that you want to go and sit and get cosy is with a rug. But the rug, either just don't spend a fortune, use a rug like go to Ruggable or have a really sort of you know inexpensive sizal rug that's very thin. So when you're dragging a chair backwards and forwards, it's not going to pucker. Don't obviously go with something like a wool pile or anything that's going to just pick up food and just look like an absolute dog's dinner after two months and you'll be furious because you wasted all that money or just or something even like an antique Persian that's going to really disguise any stains or drops of whatever food um or something that you can get cleaned occasionally but you just can't don't don't put something down that you're precious about i'd say that's the only rule um but i i personally like rugs under dining tables but just be considerate of what you're putting down and don't be precious about them i've got a little outy question for you by our renovated home uh our renovated home doesn't have a name but she's got an account called our renovated home is it possible polly to have window boxes with year round interest not really. As in, if you plant, if you mean plant them once and, and leave them, no, mm. is the answer. So window boxes, I very rarely use them anymore because they're a hell of a lot of work. If you want to sign yourself up to something which is quite high maintenance, you'll plant window boxes. The only exception to this is in central London or very warm towns, mm. which seem to have uh, geraniums flowering nonstop all year. You know, the sort of red, do you know what I'm talking about when yeah, I say exactly geraniums? exactly what you mean, yeah. Yeah. So... They're usually red and they're flowering and they flower extraordinarily throughout the seasons because it's just so warm. But they, they just flower near constantly in very, very warm central cities. And then obviously you get them in lovely places like Greece. But even they don't flower all year round. So the answer is, if you're thinking of planting something once and then flowering all year, no. Uh, if you are willing to do the work and replace them seasonally, yes. Or, little caveat to that, you can obviously do something evergreen all year round. So you could have something like a skimmier in there for much of the year and that's going to give you greenery for quite a lot of the year and then it's going to flower at certain points uh, but if you want really interesting window boxes then you're going to need to change them seasonally and treat them as a kind of seasonal display gosh we've covered quite a lot today haven't we we've covered so much um this leads us on to the next section which is one of my favorites what is in and what is out this week oh tell me Polly, first give me oh, some clues what's in for you what's in for me is that i just got a hundred thousand followers on Instagram. <gasps> yes, you did. You hot peas. You cut a sausage. I don't know why. It's such a stupid, it's like mildly narcissistic thing. I don't know. But I feel oh, really no, you've proud. worked really hard. Look, I, for all never, the, all the I, like I said, stuff. I've never had a viral reel or anything. And I feel really, I've worked so hard at building the account. And so much of my business and my work comes through Instagram. And I've built such an amazing community on there of like-minded people that I genuinely love and I just I love it I really it's such a I love it I love my I love my followers and I've got a really engaged following and to get to 100,000 feels like such an enormous milestone when I remember starting up in the COVID days I basically I think I had a few thousand followers and I hated putting myself on it I hated showing up on it I didn't really believe in it. And then I COVID happened and obviously the business was on its knees. And I thought, Do you know what? I'm just going to put myself out there and start helping people. And then slowly but surely it sort of built up and up and up. And since then, I, I've sort of, yeah, I just feel quite, it's quite, a, it's quite a milestone, isn't it? It's like, it feels Proud quite, you, thank you. 
Very proud of you. That's my what's in this week is that I just hit 100,000 followers on Instagram. Um, Amazing. And for anyone out there who's wondering how to do it, you've just got to keep authentic show and be up. real, show up, um, respond to people. It. Don't feel like you just got to put stuff up and you've got to engage with people and get to know people. And yeah. And, um, anyway, so it's brilliant. And then what's out this week for me is dry skin. I've got the most dry skin at the moment. I, I don't know if it's getting in and out of the car and it's like the heating, heating in the car, but my skin is so dry and I'm just over it. Ugh. Yeah, dry skin. I can't, it, no, moist, anything I put on my face is just like, doesn't want to, doesn't want to revive my dull skin. I've got something for you there, my friend. Oh, okay. Tell me. I've been trying, me. you know, I'm on operation skincare. Have you heard of Votary? Yes. This is not an ad, just a fan. Votary, they're doing a, they do a super seed moisturizer and a super seed serum. Mm. made from all sorts of seeds but it's designed for exactly what you've just said which is kind of that dried out winter skin going from cold to central heating oh i am loving it i, I think you had me at seed I'll as well because i like anything that feels organic and that's an oil i love oils i'm a huge fan it. of oils okay they come in the you. green bottles you'll, you'll recognize them now but i've been i've been using them and i absolutely i'm obsessed i love it Ooh. and so does my poorly winter skin too so I shall I'll keep you abreast on on that so what's in for you this week my love in for me Tell drum me. roll dating <laughs> yes <laughs> and that's all sex. I should say for now sex. no I didn't sex. say that I sex. said dating sex sex, sex. Okay. smut with dating comes sex my love and it's very exciting I can't wait for all the gossip <laughs> okay good right that's what's in I've left her stunned. God, anyone would think anyone would think I'm not anyone would think I'm not getting it at the moment. I am flustered. Okay. Let's quickly change the subject. What is out, my love? Out, thank God, at the time of listening, is January. I'm so sick of this month. We're on January the hundredth. It has been the never ending month, and I'm so excited to move further into New Year. So out is January. Oh, bye bye Jan. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> bye Chan. bye bitch one last thing to leave on well What's I don't that? know why this excited me so much but the, the snowdrops first day I saw them today the snowdrops have started popping ah. out in my back garden that's what's out little, as well little galanthophile oh it just made it's a bit of life isn't it when you start seeing life just popping up it's so pleasing fun fact doesn't... about snowdrops go on some people pay up to seven thousand pounds for a single snowdrop bulb that is insane Mm. why it's it's a because it's a niche market galanthophile is if you're a snowdrop lover wow. are you a galanthophile i guess you are you just said so I, so you I'm could a- pay seven thousand pounds for a bulb I, I wouldn't do that just one okay all right great <laughs> that, was a, that was a brilliant catch-up love well that is a wrap on another joyous episode of the ins and outs thanks for joining us team don't forget as always to like subscribe thank you for those new reviews this week we read them have you written yours yet? If not, why not? Kindly go do so. Do it. Do it. Do it a bit. <laughs> Let the truffle pig in commence. <laughs> I'll get my kids to scatter those mini eggs and I'll start snuffling. I just want someone to scatter them in my mouth right now. <laughs> Come here, love. I'll get a funnel. Off what are you with mini eggs? <laughs>